Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. I just want to continue in prayer for a minute. So if you join me. God, I thank you for the ways that you have already been at work in this space this morning. And I just want to surrender this teaching time to you that you would speak through the reading of your word and that you would be at work through the things that you have instilled in my heart and put on my mind to share with this beloved community. Holy Spirit, come and and just have your way in our hearts and our minds. Uh, Help us to be fully attentive to you. In Jesus' name, amen. in, in seminary, at least in my seminary preaching classes, they always said, you know, keep the passage short, um, which made sense because it's hard to teach on a lot of scripture in a, in a short amount of time. So keep it short. Um, but one of the things I've appreciated about being at Renew is um, we don't usually go by the books and there's freedom to bend those rules. Uh, so this morning, I actually, I just, I want to read two chapters. Um, this is 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, uh, probably familiar to many of you. Uh, but I just want to invite you, as I read, just to pay attention, uh, just to listen for what the Lord might want to speak to you uh, through his word. Uh, is 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same spirit and to another gifts of healing by the one spirit and to another, the effecting of miracles and to another prophecy and to another, the distinguishing of spirits to another various kinds of tongues and to another, the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually, just as he wills. For even as the body is one and yet has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, 
we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it, but God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healings, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts. And I show you a still more excellent way. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. 
For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. But now faith, hope, love, abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. I'm just curious, and this is not a rhetorical question. Uh, what did you hear? Anyone, anything stick out to anybody in the reading of those passages? Love never fails. Yeah, anything else? Yeah, all different parts of one body. One spirit. those out of heard Steve was reading John 17 and just noticing the connection between Jesus prayer that his followers would be one and what Paul is writing here yeah anyone else yeah the parts we think are weak, are actually indispensable, are vital. We need all the parts. Yeah. So I, I have a confession to make that I feel like there have been many times when I've tried to make you all hands or thought, man, Renew would be so much better if everybody would just be a foot. And so I want to just lay that down uh, because <laughs> I'm so grateful that you aren't all hands and you aren't all feet, but we have some ears and some eyes, some elbows. And in the words of my nephew, I'm really thankful for my neck. Yeah. I, so there's a uh, Phil, not Phil. I was going to say Phil Collins. I told myself I wasn't going to say it's Phil Collins. Jim Collins, <laughs> who wrote a book um, called Good to Great. Uh, some of you may have read it, but I haven't. Um, but uh, it's, it's about um, what makes corporations great. Like he examines a whole bunch of corporations and looks at, okay, like these are pretty good, but these are like, these companies have excelled. And so what makes these companies great? And one of the analogies that he uses is that he says the great corporations, the first thing they start with is making sure they have the right people on the bus. Make sure they have the right people on the bus. So it's about who, who's on the bus, and then how do we get those people in the right seats, which I think is great for corporations. The problem is with the church, we don't get to decide who's on the bus. 
That's Jesus' job. But the good news is all the right people are on the bus. All the right people are on the bus. As you look behind you to your left and to your right, none of you can say, ah, that person shouldn't be on the bus. They're the right person and they're on this bus. Uh, <laughs> because as, as Chrissy said, each one of us is vital. If you think about the people that Jesus called and most onlookers would say they had none of those are the right people. <laughs> and yet here we are 2000 years later because of the team that Jesus chose to be on his bus. So each one of you has something vital to offer to us as the body of Christ. And some of you are saying, thinking, he doesn't know me. I got nothing. But Paul writes that you are vital. You are indispensable. You are necessary. And so I need you to hear that this morning. Jesus says you are necessary. And I believe that you're necessary. And so, uh, as, as I mentioned my confession, I think there's this, there's this big temptation toward comfort that we all have to face. And following Jesus is not meant to be comfortable. Uh, but one of the ways I think that we see comfort, at least I do, is that I seek to be with people who think like me, who talk like me, maybe even look like me. And so there's this tendency toward, like, I want uniformity, because if everybody was more like me, it's not true. <laughs> not true that I would get along a lot better with everybody who thinks like me. But there's that temptation to think that. And so if I could just get you all to think like me and talk like me, man, we'd, we'd have a great church. And it's just not true. What Jesus prayed for and what Paul writes here is that, no, we don't need uniformity. We need unity. We all bring these special gifts, these unique gifts to bear. And it's for the sake of one another. It's for the sake of building each other up, for the sake of encouraging your brother and sister with whatever gift you have to bring. Whatever gift you have to bring. Because Jesus calls this community, and it's not a community that's called to be recipients. Granted, we have received much grace, but we're called to live in this community asking the question, what do I have to give? Jesus calls us from self-centeredness into self-giving. Into self-giving. And so, yeah, there's lots of opportunities to receive, and I'm not going to take anything away from that because I hope you all receive from the gifted teachers that we have in Renew from the passionate worshipers that we have and renew, from the evangelists that we have and renew, from the justice seekers that we have and renew. I hope you can receive from that. There's much to receive, but don't you dare just come in and ask, what can I get? Also ask, what do I have to give that is indispensable to this community? 
So Paul writes that there are a variety of gifts. There's a variety of ministries. There's a variety of, of ways to serve and varieties of, effect, of effects. But they come from the same Lord and the same spirit for the good of all. And this list in 1 Corinthians 12 is not an exhaustive list. These aren't the only things, but he does include wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues, helps, administrations, apostles, teachers. Romans 12 has, has adds some more serving, exhorting, encouraging, generosity, leading, mercy. These are all gifts and we need them all. And there's more than just this list. We need the justice seekers to push for change in society that benefits all people, especially those suffering injustice, being oppressed, and the most marginalized. And we need those justice seekers to turn our attention there, to point it out so that we can join them and encourage them. We need evangelists who try to share their faith with everyone they know to proclaim good news. We need prophets who are paying careful attention to the heart of God and what God wants to speak to us in truth, to convict us, to challenge us, to encourage us, to change us. We need passionate worshipers who leave everything at the door to say, Jesus, I'm here and I'm giving you everything because you're worth it all, to remind us of the goodness of God, that he's the center of our thanks. We need prayer warriors who are fighting in the spiritual realm interceding on our behalf. We need scripture nerds. I'm sorry I called you nerds. We need scripture nerds who continue to draw us back to the truth of God's word and to pattern our lives after him. We need entrepreneurs and business people, business-minded folks who know how to help communities prosper, who see needs and opportunities and figure out what it takes to meet those needs and those opportunities. But the same is true that evangelists need something. We're not all called to do these things. We're all called to support and encourage one another in all these things with the center being Jesus. So the evangelists need something from us. What they bring is awesome, but they need encouragement to live the life of the gospel. Because it's not just a product to be sold, but a life to be lived. So they need to be encouraged to do that. And they need encouragement to keep sharing, even when nobody seems to be responding. The justice seekers need encouragement to work in the way of Jesus, not in the ways of the world for justice. To not lose sight of the need for Jesus in the midst of their activism. To be rooted in faith, to flourish in fruit. And they need encouragement to keep going when injustice seems overwhelming. And they need encouragement to invite people into faith in Jesus while they're working for justice because those people need salvation and transformation. The prophets need encouragement to center on Jesus because it's so tempting to start thinking about, well, what do these people want to hear rather than what does Jesus want to speak to them? So those prophets need encouragement. They need to check their prophetic words with the life, ministry, and teaching of Jesus. The message God is speaking is meant to draw attention to Jesus and not to the prophet. And these passionate worshipers need encouragement to focus on Jesus so that their worship doesn't become an idol. 
I loved the worship today. I hope you love Jesus a lot more than the worship. They need encouragement to continue to make it about Jesus. And they need encouragement to keep worshiping even when life circumstances suck. Our prayer warriors need encouragement to listen for God's invitation in the midst of their prayer that God might be saying, yeah, I hear you and you can do something about it. We need to encourage our prayer warriors. How is Jesus inviting you to answer that prayer, to join him in answering that prayer? They need encouragement to keep praying even when the forces of evil seem to be winning. Scripture nerds need to be reminded to walk like Jesus and not just think like Jesus or know what Jesus knows. The Pharisees were experts in the scriptures. They needed encouragement to actually do what God was calling them to do. And they need encouragement to keep engaging scripture, even through the the dry seasons, to continue plumbing the depths of God's beautiful mystery revealed in the word. Our entrepreneurs and business-minded folks need to be encouraged to put people first. That they don't just merely become objects of usefulness. Need to be encouraged that we're after Jesus' bottom line and not the bottom line of profits. We all need encouragement and edification. The good news is that Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit to be encouragers. In John, in that passage Steve was referring to, as John talks to his disciples, he calls the Holy Spirit the paraclete. And the Greek word for encouragement is parakleo. The paraclete is the encourager, and he's the one who gifts us with gifts to encourage others. You, you may have... Uh, you've probably heard Thomas Edison uh, asked about all the times that he failed in creating the light bulb and inventing the light bulb. His famous response of, well, I didn't fail. I just found lots of ways not to make a light bulb work. Right? Well, you may not have heard, maybe you have, is that when Thomas Edison was a kid, um, his teacher thought he was dumb and didn't really want him in school. He was a terrible student. She thought he was mentally challenged. So his mom said, all right, I'll homeschool him. And because of his mom's love and encouragement, Thomas Edison wrote this later in his life. My mother was the making of me. She was so true, so sure of me, and I felt I had someone to live for. My mother was the making of me. She was so true, so sure of me, and I felt I had someone to live for. And friends, if you've you've put your faith in Jesus, Jesus is the making of you, right? He is the one who is so true, and he's also so sure of you, that you're the right person to be on his bus. And you have someone to live for. 
And he's also surrounded you with these brothers and sisters who are also called to be the making of you. To help you become more like Jesus. So you all are called to be the making of me. To make me more like Jesus through your love, through your encouragement, through the giving of your gifts to me. Encouragement and edification. It's, 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 I feel like those words have just been jumping off the pages of scriptures as I've read, read the New Testament uh, over the last couple of years. Encouragement and edification. Over and over in the New Testament, Paul says you got to encourage one another and you have to build each other up. Be the makers of one another. Encourage one another in following after Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. In Hebrews 10.24-25, let us consider how to spur one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. As you see the day drawing near, we are an Advent community. And it's not just this season, but the church is actually called to be an Advent community who, as J.R. likes to say, stands on our tippy toes in anticipation that the Lord is coming back. And as we are anticipating, we are also called to embody faith, hope, peace, joy, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And it's interesting that Hebrews passage, he says, the point of you all getting together is to encourage one another. The reason that we gather, not just as a big group, but in house churches is so that we can connect with one another's lives. And so that we can share what's really going on, where we need encouragement, whether that's I'm doing great and I need to keep going. Can you encourage me to keep going? Or, man, I'm really struggling. I need some encouragement. So, brothers and sisters, would you encourage people in their gifts and passions? Would you encourage the hand to be a better hand, not try to make them into an ear? Would you encourage the toes to become Jesus' toes, not try to make them the finger? How do we help one another follow Jesus wholeheartedly? How do I encourage them to use their gifts and passions for the sake of God's kingdom? Brothers and sisters, encourage people with your gifts and passion. When you are following Jesus wholeheartedly in your gifts, it inspires others to do the same. Your gifts are meant for the strengthening and building up of others, for their encouragement. Encourage people to holiness of love and goodness. And above all, encourage people to follow Jesus.
So I want to I encourage you this week to pay attention to who the Holy Spirit may be inviting you to encourage each day. I just ask a simple prayer, Lord, who can I encourage today? The answer is everyone. I'm pretty sure there's not anyone in here who say, yeah, I'm good. I don't need any encouragement. No, thanks. Anybody? All right. Didn't see any hands go up. But just pay attention. Who, who, who does God want you to encourage today? Whether that's a text, a phone call, meeting face-to-face, say, hey, the Lord put you on my heart to encourage you. Is there anything in particular? And listen, pay attention to them. So that we can be the makers of one another. That we can join Jesus in the renewal of one another. To make one another more like him. I want to invite our worship team back up to encourage us once again in seeking after Jesus, the maker of us. God, you are the way maker. And you are making us more and more into the image of Jesus. And so we surrender to you. We surrender to you who said, yes, we're supposed to be on this bus. Would you help us to find the right seat next to someone who needs our gift to encourage them and bless them? Holy Spirit, continue to move in our midst as we worship you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.